Um, hi, my name is Andy. Um, I am 21. My pronouns are she, they. Um, I go to Clark College in Vancouver, Washington right now. Um, and I am a um, health science major, um, pre-nursing student. Um, I am a prospective UW nursing student. Yes. I'm Gracie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am in my last quarter of my bachelor's degree at the University of Washington in social sciences, and I'm an incoming 1L at the University of Washington School of Law. I use she, they pronouns. Yeah. I think that's all they need to know about you. Yeah. That's, every yeah. that's everything about me. Yes. Um, and today we're going to be talking about the globalization of sex work. Which I do not know much about because in my major I don't get to learn anything fun. Yeah, that's true. But together we know everything. Exactly. We it, we represent the both halves of um, humanity. Of, of, a, of a human experience. <laughs> of, 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 a, of humanity. Of, human, of a person. One person. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do you know about the globalization of sex work? Um, so I know um, uh, very little, I think. Um, I know that globalization is sort of, um, it's tied to like um, neocolonialism. She's nodding, so I think that's correct. Um, and it, um, like, with any good or product that's being sold, like, like, sex, like, sex work is a product, you know, and, um, there, with the globalization of products, like, um, our, um, like, the American way of, of looking at it is like um, free market. <laughs> I just like know a lot of words, but I don't really know how to connect them. So that's why I'm just like throwing these out. Um, I don't like synonyms for what you're saying. Um, <laughs> and like, okay, like here's one example that's like a story. Okay. So like, <laughs> that's like, that's like, you know, like, like, like you can follow, like right now I'm just like, well, free market, sex work, colonialism, you know, like I'm yes. just saying words, but like I, so, okay. Okay. What's your story? It's a story. So like, okay. Um, the U, just the U S or any country with a military, a large military, um, let's use the U.S. as an example because we live here, and I've never been anywhere else. Um, and um, so, like, we invade countries, we do that, and when we invade countries, a market uh, for sex work pops up because it is a common practice, and it's sort of, it's sort of, mm, it's not really talked about, but it's sort of like a, a quote-unquote need for soldiers to, like, have, like, women <laughs> around, you know, that's, like, a historical thing, um, and, like, what happens is the women who, um, go into this work, um, you know, like, go into sex work, you know, usually for, you know, their clients are usually, you know, U.S. soldiers, their value is only um, in terms of their, how they can serve the soldiers. You know, it's like, we don't really care if they have STDs or anything. Like, we only care about it if they're giving STDs to our, our men, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and these women are seen as lesser... Um, yeah, sorry about cars. Um, so that's, um, like, a really bad, badly constructed story. 
that I have. That's the only... I love how it wasn't a story. Well, <laughs> it was like, I'm just trying to say words in, like, sentences. No, it I'm, was good. Yes, okay. It's finals. Yes. Um, my brain is foggy. Um, but I, I understood what you were talking about. Yeah, so I guess a question I have is, how did... What... What... Okay, what is the globalization of sex work? That's a really big question. It is. Um, the globalization of sex work. Do you know what globalization is? It's like um NAFTA. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you mean by that? Like, I know that's like a. That was a big tutoring moment. I was like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you're like, what on earth? Um, you're like, I want to know how your brain works. I say that to students sometimes, and then I always feel mean, but I know that's also what I'm supposed. It to is say. what you're supposed to say, but it is like very like I want to know what you're thinking in your brain right now, <laughs> and so I because I don't know if it's correct. Um, globalization. Well, okay, it is. The spreading of ideas from ideas, culture, uh, economic setup, (laughs) economies, Um, (laughs) um, the way you have an economic system um, to other nations or countries. Um, And the way the world, the earth, is set up right now is the West, um, the U.S., uh, England, um, Spain, you know, those are, you know, some fr- France, um, Western countries are mm. the, um, are the forces doing the globalization, <laughs> the globalization right now, you know, like that is the dominant culture and that is the culture that has been spread, um, to most countries who aren't a Western culture. Yeah. And I think in relation to sex work, it's basically the same. So yeah. it's the spreading of people, right, yes. which creates both a market f- for sex work and for sex workers. Mm-hmm. It's the spreading of cultural ideas of what sex work is and how it should be regulated. Mm-hmm. It's the spreading of economics that create markets in which women become sex workers Mm -hmm. it's the spreading of political ideas and ways of government that frame how we view sex workers in a particularly negative way yeah so you're saying that like the western culture western ideas about sex work um those transferred to other cultures um, and we regulated sex workers yeah. in, in the in the Western context. Right. It's mm-hmm. a, there's a very large aspect of cultural imperialism that's like not inherent in globalization, but inherent to this topic. In which the US and England and the really big colonial empires imposed their own laws onto the lands that they colonized and then I see. was like this is a universal norm for everyone everywhere when it just wasn't i see so like they would come say they would colonize somewhere mm-hmm. um they would so say here's here's maybe an example so you're saying the occupying force would sort of make a market for sex work mm-hmm. um, with women from indigenous to wherever they yeah. were going. And they also, like, would bring women, too, like, from lands that they colonized, and then mm. they would just, like, travel with them, which is, like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's human trafficking. <laughs> yeah. That's the real human trafficking. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so you're saying... And then they would, um... Okay, so here's what would happen. Okay, okay. Do you want, like, step by step? Yes. Okay, so, in, like, the 1800s... I see. So this is history? This is history. So is this how it started? Tell me how it started. Yeah. Okay. So it started, like, 
and how it's going. Yes. <laughs> how it started and how it's going. Yes. Um, what's the thing? Like, the road so far or whatever. Oh, no way. <laughs> We're not talking about Supernatural. <laughs> the road so far. That's funny, you, though. You can cut that out. No, I, I want to leave it in. That's okay. pretty funny. That's um, a pretty funny joke. Thank you. So, during the height of colonialism in the 1800s, like late 1800s, mid. The heyday. The heyday. Exactly. Yeah. Um, large empires, so America, Spain, Britain, yeah, France, um, they would colonize lands. Yeah. They would create a market, like you said, mm-hmm. for women. They sometimes would bring their own women with them. Mm-hmm. Um, from other lands that they colonized. Uh-huh. Women from places surrounding the, the colonized land would migrate to those lands because they saw that there was going to be a demand for it because there were yeah so many white men. Yeah. Um, and then after they created this market and they were utilizing these the labor of these women, mm-hmm. um, often it was kind of like either a moral panic or, like, a public health panic would happen. Yeah. Kind of mixed in together. Um, and this happened a lot more when there wasn't large public support yeah. for whatever they were trying to do in that land. So, like, in the American Philippine War, mm-hmm. um, it was a pretty unpopular war. Yeah. Like, consider that a fact. <laughs> Most wars are unpopular, yes. yes. It was pretty unpopular, but then the young boys, they were like 17, 18, that mm-hmm. were in this war started getting STDs. Yeah. And then everyone like freaked out and it became super unpopular. Yeah. Um, Bringing so, it home to their wives and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So then there was like this need to shut that down. Okay. Um, and... Like, all the blame was placed on the women, of course. Yeah. Um, women had to pay for their own medical inspections that they had to do once a week. Um, yeah. They would be, like, forcefully institutionalized if they had STDs. Yeah. Um, but then once it kind of cleared up, they would go back to the bases, and it was kind of like... You can't stop it, but it's like... Yeah. Yeah. But then... There was also this cycle of these women were being mistreated by the U.S. government mm-hmm. and by other governments, and then people at home were like, we need to stop this. This doesn't feel good yeah. to see our government treat these women like this. We don't want to see these women in these positions. Here, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I'm sorry. When was the American-Philippine War? 1890. 1890. Okay, just to yeah, contextualize. So like, yeah, like, yeah. Peak of everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there would be, like, a lot of backlash from people at home, but then it, like, became, like, a panic about, okay, we can't have sex work anymore. Just, like, not. Yeah. And there was also this really big push of, like, spreading Western ideas of sexuality and sex and gender. So did they think they would stop it? Did they think yes. that? It's like kind of like how you teach abstinence only, but it Absolutely. doesn't do anything with their, like, if we spread our ideologies, yeah. people yeah, yeah, will yeah. just stop their behaviors? Yeah. Was it like that? Like, yeah. we will police not only sex workers, but we'll just police the sexuality of all women. Yeah. So that through us, like, spreading our ideas and forcing them to assimilate into western culture Mm -hmm. they just won't be sex workers anymore i see so so the sort of westernization of Mm -hmm. you know for example in this situation the philippines was was it because pretty much of the war like do you think that would have happened on that big of a scale if it wasn't for the war yeah, it it was just it, it was just like a the, catalyst. The, right. The the Philippines is interesting because it was a war, but it was like a colonizing effort mixed yeah, into you know one. Yeah, all wars are kind of like that. Yes, but it's just like if we didn't have a war with them, we would have 
on ice in another way. Truly, yeah. So it wasn't necessarily the war, but that is what. Yeah, that's what, this. that's why I brought that war up because it's like you hear that in a lot of like, um, like sort of like World War Two, World War One, mm-hmm. like you know histories that you have to learn in like school. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you have to watch. You know, like soldiers had to watch films on trench foot and. Oh, what they call social diseases, yeah. you know, and you're like, dang, you know, like this was a real problem, but you, it's like Not I never, yeah, I never really understood when that started. You yeah, know? well, it was kind of like I think of the history of like the globalization of sex work like in waves. Mm-hmm. So it's like this first like really big like colonization wave of, like, modern empires are being judged by how well they can control sex workers and how well they're handling this and how healthy their men are. And then come, like, more of, like, the World War stage is we were seeing trafficking of women. We were seeing sex crimes and war crimes against women. Yeah. Which also put all sex work into this frame of abuse. Yeah. Which is really tricky because that that's a not true. Like sex work isn't inherently yeah abuse or trafficking. Those things are different. Yeah. But it's also really tricky because a lot of things that Americans advocated for for dealing with trafficking during this time. Mm-hmm would make it really difficult to handle the war crimes because America as a country is very anti-international law. Yeah. So they're like, we need to really crack down on trafficking of women and this is a really serious problem, but we can't have international law to regulate this or to prosecute like the crimes that these women were facing. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like how, like, people, you know, like, politicians who are, like, socially conservative, they have these, like, ideas. They mm-hmm. have, you know, like, they're like, this should be a thing, but I'm not gonna pay for it. I'm not right. gonna, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna do anything about it. I just want to, I just want people to just do it. Just think about it. Yeah. Just, like, think about it and worry about it really hard. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like this is something you need to worry about. You all the need time. to be talking about it in school. You need uh-huh. to be talking about it at the dinner table. Yeah, like this is just this should be on your list of worries. I'm not gonna give you any tools to, to yeah deal with it. I see. So it was just, um, yeah, like it was. So just as so it was just like a reaction to mm-hmm. STDs was just like stop it. You know. Yeah. It, it was uh, well, and it wasn't just like a reaction to STDs. It was just a reaction to women of color yeah, existing, existing, and having like, sexuality. You gotta stop that. Yes, you yes, can't do that. Yeah, and it was like yeah, like they were the, the dirty ones, right? Yeah, like they're going to taint our men. Our men are going to become morally impure, and yeah. then their bodies are breaking down because they're morally impure. Well, and it was just that. a cycle. It was yeah. all there. There's that, but then there's also the culture of men in the military, like, their rite of passage yeah. is to, you know, sleep with a sex worker yes. from the country you're occupying. Yeah. You know, so it's like, a lot of men making those laws have done that. Exactly. You know? Well, and, and, like, that's the thing, is it was when it first became a really big issue, like, during the colonial period, it was just, like, that is what your empire is being judged on, is how yeah. well you can, like, quote-unquote, control these Native women. So it was just, like, a sign of strength and a sign of... So were other... So, like, other empires were judged... So, like, the French Empire was judging the... Like, uh, British Empire on, like, like, how good are your countries doing? Like, what... Okay, what scale did they rate each other on? You know, what... It kind was of, like, what numbers were there that were like I, I mean there I know there was like no data entry <laughs> right. then, but like But it was like they kind of would just like it was more about setting precedence. So yeah. like in the eighteen eighties, Britain kind of like cracked down really hard on sex workers and then like 
the Spanish Empire was like, I should probably be doing that as well. I see. And then by the early 1900s, America had developed its own version of criminalization of sex work that was based on the British model Mm -hmm. that was like, had been influenced by like other models. And then Mm -hmm. what happened was they took these models that were from these empires, Mm -hmm. but then they institutionalized them into like local regulations. Yeah. And they kind of, it's called globalization. Globalization. Localization. Yeah, it's uh-huh. like where you take something uh-huh. and you're trying to spread it all over. Yeah. But you're adopting it to the local institutions. So mm-hmm. you're like, I have this big idea of I don't want sex workers. Uh huh. And so you go to every county, every yes. state. And you're like, here's how you're going to do it here. And yeah. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. So the ha- this happened in the US in the 1880s? The. the, the America was doing this in its colonies, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so, how what would they do? Like, would they, they would go to prison, the sex workers, or yeah, jail, well, they or would, Yeah, they would say, like, okay, like, they would go to the county and say, like, okay, you have this hospital, but could you use it as a hospital jail kind of thing? Oh, so just any institution that could lock them up in yes, some way? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of just like they adopted what they had into, like, places of incarceration. Mm, yeah, I see. And, um, yeah, I, um, I was gonna say, like, do you, this is more my thing, there really was no treatment for STDs back then. Right. Um, so it's like, in a way, that's the thing, is like, with diseases, with epidemics it's like the social control is all you have for the first parts of a disease for the first months years of a disease's occurrence um you have you only have social control you only Mm -hmm. have people's behaviors and the way you know oh the way people do behave really affects how you're gonna live until medical intervention comes so um you know, obviously, we can, with the invention of penicillin in the 50s, uh, in the, well, it was, I think it was 1949 or 1950 when mm-hmm. penicillin was introduced. Um, and you can cure most STDs with, or S- STIs, I should say, um, with penicillin. Um, you know, there's hepatitis and HIV and those, and HIV comes later, but, so that's a different story. Um, so after the invention of penicillin, why did nothing change? Like, well, there, a lot of it is like, especially from like an American standpoint, mm-hmm. there are like these imagined geographies of okay, s- people with STDs live in the global south because there are sex workers there. Okay. And then it's just like we put all of our ideas of what STDs are mm-hmm. and we just put them in other places and they're like that's a problem they have mm-hmm. because they have sex workers and I'm not going to deal with that mm-hmm. and I am so different from them that's not something that can affect me mm-hmm. so it's like I'm I'm like living this like Anglo-Saxon life like I'm good mm-hmm. um so a lot of it is just like this like us versus them like ideology yeah um and there's also um in like the the later stages of like the 50s and 60s and especially like into the 80s um and america has you know uh expanded drastically in this yeah since this period of time right um there's like this big framing of like Sex workers are bad because they're reliant on the state. Because if oh, I see, if, yeah. if they are providing sex work, they are a criminal. Yeah. So we're going to lock them up, but that means that they're relying on us. There's yeah, yeah, and yeah. But like, also like, just if you look at like 
the eighties and nineties, like during this time, like when we're cutting back welfare and we're cutting back resources. Well, I was gonna say like welfare, the the whole wel- welfare queen thing, totally is adjacent. It's, it's, it's very same. adjacant to that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Where it's like these women are finding a way to provide for themselves, but we don't like it. So. Yeah. And it's not it's not a real job, so right. we still have to pay for all pay for all their stuff and right. they're relying on the state. Yeah. And they're sucking up all the resources and. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, and it's like the whole thing of like, the prisoners get to eat three meals a day and for free and kids. And it's like, oh, we can have both. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. So it's like, they're seen as like reliant on the state. And then there's also just like a push of ideology of like the free market and small government. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, like, especially I think like Cold War. Yeah. Um, like the spread of, Free market capitalism mm-hmm. creates a really big gender divide in jobs and yeah. in wages. Yeah. Um, it's a divide everything. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It did. Um, and, like, we see, like, in everywhere, but especially, like, the global south that, like, might not have had these economic systems before we imposed them or, like, before we highly encourage them yeah um, or we like, <laughs> we like yes fun we like funneled weapons yes. to yes yeah paramilitary groups to yeah encourage highly encourage yeah support this. i love how i knew what you were gonna say yeah <laughs> um if, but in these countries that might not have had this before. It really hit the women hard. Yeah. And it created a market of women who were pushed out of the labor force. Yeah. Um, just because of not unemployment, but low employment and underemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever there's underemployment of women, there's more sex work. Yeah. And I also want to add that during this time, specifically the 80s and 90s, the incarceration rates are going way up there, like, skyrocketing. Like, the prison population jumps to the millions. Exactly. So, you know, that creates, and then there's, so there's so many people getting out of prison, and then you can't get a job if you have a felony. Well, and it's also, what happens is, like, incarceration is used as a form of regulating our surplus of labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's mostly what it is. Is because we have a lot of people who are underemployed. Yeah. Um, if you have so many people on the labor market, you can't have you can't have a strong economy because mm-hmm. there is going to be unemployment. And if you have this belief in small government that you don't want to take care of these people, yeah, then you're going to have a lot of your citizens be impoverished. Yes. So it creates a need for high rates of incarceration. Yeah. Um, and this happens... Um, well, I was going to say, like, the women getting out of prison. Yeah. The, a, a lot of them, that's their... That's a lot of sex workers are have been incarcerated before for something else. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's their only option. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot of it is, like, just circumstance. Yeah. That's, like... Created by right politics. It, yeah, it's yeah. not like natural circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's also like, kind of, moving on like through history, into like, the nineties and, like, two thousands ish, is kind of an expansion of this like neoliberal idea of like small government and we really need to be cutting back on what the government is in control of yeah um but with that non-government organizations like really pop off yeah um which kind of like creates a lot of problems for sex workers Mm -hmm. so what are some of these ngos that you're talking about um there's like a lot of christian ngos Mm. there's a lot of like um like, liberal feminist NGOs mm-hmm. um, that are in co- collaboration with kind of, like, the far right that are... Mm. It's, like, this period... Well, there is a... in You know, they're in the 
women's liberation front as it right. were. Di- they did merge with the Christian right on exactly. a lot of things, and then that's why we have so many problems in terms now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's this is one of those issues where you see a lot of that you collaboration. See, yeah, I see. Yeah, um, but like the the problem is is that yes, of course, governments have their own agenda, mm-hmm. but that agenda. And democracies are somewhat regulated by the citizens, right? Mm-hmm. In NGOs, there's they have free reign over their agenda. I see. So it takes away some democracy. Yeah, and it's their agenda during this time period is that sex work is human trafficking. Yeah, and that there's a really strong tie between these two that can kind of not be untwined. Mm. Um. And because of this, they have their own agenda, but there's also, like, no verification of the work that they're doing because governments have been cut back so much that there's not an agency to oversee what they're doing. Yeah. Um, no one's really, like, fact-checking what they're saying. Yeah. But what they're saying is being used to write laws. Yes. So it creates, like, this cycle that really promotes bad data. Yeah, yeah, you can, and then it's like, if, you, yeah, and then it goes into the, if you, and then if you tie it to human trafficking, it's mm-hmm. like, our version of human, tra- of the propaganda we learn about human trafficking is people are snatching these innocent little children. Out of like, their, innocent little white children. Innocent little white children, mm-hmm. it, from their little car seats in their suburban, yeah. um, uh, uh, neighborhoods, yes. yes, you know, and they're just torturing them on mm-hmm. live video cameras on the dark web, and um, the folks at Law and Order SVU gotta save them. Um, and so we have that image. Um, so yes. we don't think about like how, yeah, like just voluntary sex, and you know, like voluntary sex work is clumped into that number and if you use that moral panic of human trafficking you can fudge whatever numbers you want because then you'll be like people will be like you don't care you don't care about the people who are being trafficked you know okay do you want an example yes okay so like one study that i read that was like trying to fact check some of these like ngos like they found that these women from east asia would tell them like um i had to do sex work because um, I couldn't really find a job anywhere else that would yeah. pay me well, and I didn't really have any other choice economically. Yeah. And these NGOs would be like, okay, so you were trafficked into doing yeah. this. And they were like, no, I just didn't have any other economic choices. Yeah. They're like, so you were forced. And yeah. then they would write it down as they were forced into this, even yeah. though it was a situation of economics and... A situation of economics that we have control over because it is this very, like, neoliberal, like, free market of, like, we can't regulate, like, the wage gap between men and women, and we can't regulate that. Like, the free market will provide for these women. Yeah. And the corporations will always do the right thing and pay women what they deserve. Yeah, yeah. And... We also see, like, a rise of multinational corporations spreading into poor countries. Yes. Because they can pay women so little. Yes. But that just, like... I'm trying to think of a metaphor, and I can't. But (laughs) when these corporations come into these small countries, it just tanks their entire economy because then it sets... The wage bar so low. Yes. And then the whole... Uh, yeah. And then, you know, most of the profits are going to... Yeah. The, you know... For sure. The companies where there's... You know, the company's home base, you yes. know. Um, the U.S., you right. know, example. Um, yeah. So these women, like, they migrate to other areas where they can find wealthy clients. They migrate to areas... Yeah around military bases where there's yeah. a lot of men. Yeah. Like, it's just like, and then it's framed as like, they're being kidnapped from their home country. Yeah. Well, it's like, that's with every job. It's like, that's like, you could say you were trafficked into 
any job. Because right. Right. You, you, the reason you get a job, especially jobs you don't... Right. You know, not everybody dreams of working at Burger King, you know? Right. Um, like, yeah, you, like, you work there because you applied for jobs. That was the job that got back to you. That's really your only option right now. You can't yes. get another job. That's, a, like, a lot of people at, at least one point mm-hmm. in their life, they are kind of forced into a job like yeah yeah because there's no other option and so like, it's the sa- it's the same just be yeah like but it's like with your body so it's like a whole thing right. but it's like you're selling your body no matter where you work exactly. you're, so- you're selling like if you're stocking shelves th- what are you using you're using your body exactly and there's also like just like amongst this like moral panic of like trafficking and like they're draining our resources and they're migrating here like just really conservative talking points yeah but at the same time sex work has gotten somewhat safer because of the internet and because there are ways to do things that are not full service yeah you can yeah you can do sex work without going to meet the person right yeah yeah and it's i mean there, I mean, of course, there are dangers inherent in this type of work, but yeah. a lot of the dangers are just of incarceration and yeah. of the justice system. Yeah. It's not, I mean... Because you can moderate, you know, like, you right. can kick people off. The, it's great. You can kick people off the chat. You can block people. Yeah. You you don't have to touch anybody, you know? Yeah, and, like, it's, and like, the thing is, it's like, a lot of these, like, NGOs are, like, seeing this and seeing the spread of sex work and, like, seeing this as a giant red flag and then we have, like, um... Is that, like, why people are freaking out about OnlyFans? Yes. Uh Like, it's, like... Like, there are problems with OnlyFans, but, like... Of course. I think the main thing that, like, a lot of of people, a lot of conservatives, Mm -hmm. they... Yeah, they see it as, like, everybody's a sex worker now. Right. But, like, and then you have, like, laws like Fosta-Fosta... Which, um, is, like, stop, stop enabling sex trafficking act. It's, it's some, like, it's some, like, Patriot Act name. Yeah, right? It's, like, protect women and their children. Yeah, they're, like, like, but anything that falls under that umbrella even remotely is just, it's gonna get passed. Yeah. It's, so, (laughs) So, there's, like, laws like that, which came out in 2015, 16-ish. Uh-huh. Um, I have to check that. Is that, yes. is that the one that, like, shut down some sites, like, on yeah. Backpage? Yes. Yeah. It shut down sites, which, like, a lot of sex workers relied on. Yeah. But it was written, no one talked to sex workers. Yeah. And they talked to these NGOs. Yeah. Um. And it just created a lot of things that looked good on paper, but didn't really make sense. Yeah. Or created things that just made sex work more, I don't want to say dangerous, but just more tricky because you can't really screen people as well before you go meet them. Yeah. It just created a lot of work for sex workers that they didn't need. Yeah. Um, Because there's a huge disconnect and these NGOs are like, working as part of the government now mm. and we see that a lot in the global south where these ngos that are american-based and have yes. american ideas are going into the global south and they're not really talking to the women there yeah and they're not really asking them what they need yeah like of course not every ngo is like this yes but a majority of them yeah especially if they're coming yeah they're coming from the west and they're going to a country that is not the west that right. we've you know, colonize in one way or another. Right, know. and there's this very large, like, savior complex. Um, oh, God, yeah, like, white savior complex. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's just, it's, it makes it really hard to regulate sex work in these countries yeah. because there are NGOs that are at times larger than the actual government yeah. telling these governments, this is a huge problem for your citizens, you need to do this. Yeah. When... They really haven't talked to anyone. Yeah. So where does, um, where, like, I don't know, maybe in high school, if you also had to um, watch. 
uh, we were shown a video, like, some sort of documentary on Netflix or something about, I don't know if he was allowed to show us this, probably wasn't, but about, like, legal, like, legal sex work in Sweden or something, Amsterdam, some, oh, yeah, the red light districts yeah. in Amsterdam, yeah, so where does that play in all of this? Like, I know people use Sweden, the, Nor- the Netherlands, as, like, the utopia of Western yeah. culture, um, I mean, where does that playing all this because I remember that was like a lot of kids in my class were like that's a great idea we should bring that here and I don't really know how I feel about it like I I feel like I just don't know enough about it well that's the thing is like that model like the Nordic model like Mm -hmm. I haven't done a lot of research about it yeah but a lot of things when you're looking at countries like that it's there is a really big race factor yes and lack of diversity in these countries. Yeah, there's that they're like all white people. Yeah, isn't accidental, but people pretend like, oh, just by happenstance, there's no people <laughs> in my country, and I, I have no racism here. And yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a really big culture of incarceration here. Yes. That when you we basically need now, like we've created yes. a monster and we have to feed it now. And also, there is a really big aspect of capitalism where something we saw with um, drug legalization compared to decriminalization is people, it really depends on your class status and your race, where like white, like marijuana growers are like becoming like. Yeah. super rich off of this where there's like still people in prison yeah and it, it there's kind of this argument of if we legalize sex work here it will kind of bring this same atmosphere where like some yeah. people can get super rich exploiting the labor of others oh yeah and then some people of course will still be in prison for it yeah and there's like um, and there's a probably you know there'll be some gatekeeping you know <laughs> like well, only certain you know it's only certain people can work here yeah you know and then and there's a much larger argument for the decriminalization of sex work and i just say that because every sex work organization advocates for that instead of legalization and i'm in the yeah. position that we should listen to the people that are doing the job well yes that um well because we have done the opposite right and um clearly nothing has worked right when we do that so (laughs) yeah and and they're just one of their arguments is like if we legalize it yeah some people will yeah but if we decriminalize it it will become a lot easier for us to do it safely because we won't be hiding from law enforcement we won't be facing this double risk of the work that we're doing and also incarceration or at times um like immigration immigration Mm -hmm. enforcement Mm -hmm. um and it's just like it it would just make it easier for them so just decriminalization so like okay i really I don't know the law that well. I know you'd know better because you went to law school. Um, so decriminalization, decriminaliz- does that mean that it's not only legal to do something, but people who are currently incarcerated, because of that, they get their charges dropped? Is yeah. that what happens? Um, in a heaven world? <laughs> I mean, obviously the legal system is, like, hella slow. And, yes. like, yeah, like, you could be... but. You like can... potentially, like it would be like okay, this got this is decriminalized now. Would you would you have to appeal in front of a court? Like would it work like that to be like, hey, it's it's legal or it's you could. There's, I mean, a lot of there's a big push to pardon people. Yeah, um, would they just all get to go home? What like would it be faster? Like okay, what's the difference between decriminalization and legalization? I, I okay, I don't so. Really know. In, in terms of people who are currently incarcerated, there's not much, oh, unfortunately. I see. Legalization means um, it's, like, a regulated business. Like, um, think of, like, marijuana. Like, you, yeah. there's 
really high taxes yeah. on the purchasing of marijuana. You can't pay with credit card for some reason. What? Okay, I... <laughs> wait, wait, what? Okay. Every time I go to the weed store... Okay, you know what? I've only bought weed, like, twice in my life, and I go to one weed store. But they don't let you pay with car. They only let you pay with cash. Um, so I thought that was, like, part of the, like, legalization of it, is, like, you oh, can't pay with credit card. So, okay, never mind. That's not a thing. Um, that's probably just Main Street Marijuana. Okay. Call them out. I know. Um, Main Street Marijuana, get a card reader. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's like, you can make a profit from it, you can sell it, yeah. you can do all these things. So now think Give the about, money to schools. Yes. Thing, yeah. Now think of heroin and organ. You can do heroin and organ. Yes. You can't. Sell heroin and organ. So would you get arrested for selling heroin and organ? I'm not 100% sure. Okay. But you can still be fined mm-hmm. for selling drugs. Yes. It's just if you are doing drugs, if you have drugs on you, they're going to send you to rehab. They're going to do other things other than incarcerate you. It's not just you can be. So that's legalization. That's decriminalization. Where okay. it's like. You can't really sell it. You're not really supposed to have it, but if you have it, they're going to try to do something other than incarcerate you. I see. Um, legalization is you can sell it, you can make profits off of it. Mm-hmm. It's regulated by the government, more or less. I see. So it doesn't have the, like... So legalization has more of a capitalistic view on it. It's yes. Like, yes. Like, when we watched the documentary, it was, like, this, like... Cool, pinbass, like strip club, not strip club. Sorry. Um. Well, it was like a strip club sort of environment. Like it was. I think it was a strip club, and then it was like they also had sex work mm-hmm. going on. Um. Like they had other services, is what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh. But it was legal, and it was like bougie. Everything was like yes. neon pink. It was like uh the girls were getting paid like like a lot of money. Um. Mm. So it was like desirable, you know. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, like, you're getting a lot of money. The people who own the club right. are getting a lot of money. So that's legalization. It's more like, yeah, let's get some money. Yeah, um, it's, like, commercialized a bit. Yeah, but then decriminalization is just, like, you won't go to jail if you right. do it. Right. Okay, I see. Yeah. I see. that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And, like, of course there's, like, problems inherent in that, too. Yeah. Because, like, law enforcement. Yeah. Um... And, you know, some, a lot of rehab centers are basically (laughs) prisons. No, exactly. That's the thing, where it's, like... They're gonna send you some, like, um... Yeah. Like, a Christian... Right. (laughs) And, like, people should have the choice if they want to get clean or not. You shouldn't be forced to go to rehab. You shouldn't be forced to choose a different job. Well, that could, yeah, that could traumatize you more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there there is problems in that view, but Mm -hmm. as far as, like, the capitalist outlook, there's less of that, and I think that makes these people feel safer and that they will be able to maintain yeah. their profits that they are making. Yes. So their money won't be taken if it's decriminalized? Yeah, them, right. Generally? Okay. That's good. Um, well, so, I mean, I think it would be safe to say you maintain the position that if... We were to, le- I know this isn't a podcast about legalizing sex work, but it kind of is. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, what do you do? Because it's kind of like, I feel like this whole conversation has been kind of about, like, what do you do with sex workers? What do you do with this problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. Unquote, well, problem. Like, that's the whole thing is, like, that's how sex work has changed. Sex work, as a form of labor, hasn't really globalized. It's... People move to do this, but how we see sex work has globalized because of the globalization of politics, the globalization of Western culture, the cultural imperialism of the global South, Mm -hmm. the globalization of this neoliberal idea of what government should do. Yeah. And, And that has changed how we view sex work, what we should do about sex work. And that has had impacts on the actual labor. Mm, okay. And how, 
you know, this is probably a very minor thing compared to um, all that other stuff <laughs> um, factor. But one thing I think about is um, what is the impact on, like, Western ideologies of, like, like very modern, like, modern Western ideologies of radical feminism and, yeah, like, on sex work globally. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's this sort of white savior complex in that, too. Right. You know, yeah. like... We need to save these women, you know? Yes, and, like, that's the thing, is any ideology can be globalized. Yeah. But it's ideologies that are, particularly from a Western point of view, that get more, like, power behind them, and then are spread more, which is, like, of course, super problematic. Yeah. But, like, there is this, like, Western radical feminist idea of, like, this is inherently damaging. Yeah. But I think, I guess kind of my counter-argument to that would be, is that if that's their problem, then it's like, okay, we need to address the economic situation. We need to address... Because that's what's behind it, yeah. Right. We need to address, like, this, the neoliberal policies that that limit how much the government can protect female workers and mm-hmm. how much workers' rights people have. Yeah. Like, I think seeing these women from a standpoint of laborers mm-hmm. is is going to be the strongest way to support them. And yes. I think um, I was listening to a lecture the other day about incarceration and um, the presenter said, like, like the most helpful way to combat mass incarceration is to think of it from a labor standpoint. Mm, yeah, I see. Well, um, I've learned a lot. Yeah? Yeah, I've learned a lot. That's um, good. I wanted you to. Yeah, and I feel like you really contextualized um, the globalization of sex work, which Thank is, like, you. a huge thing, and I couldn't even explain. Um... So, thank you very much. Thank you. This was fun. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, um, we'll see you later with, um, some other topics. Yeah. Um. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, have a great day, everybody. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.